I'm a child of God. I have in my hand the powerful Word of God. It can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. And here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, today, would you speak to me? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, turn to your neighbor and pound them and high-five them. <clears throat> and then I'd like for you to tell your neighbor, Happy New Year. Then I'd like you to look at your other neighbor and say, You better stick with what you promise. <laughs> Thought we'd get us started with uh, this morning taking a look at, uh, at a video of some resolutions. What are my New Year's resolutions? To lose weight. Giving up caffeine. No smoking cigarettes. Getting a new job. Getting more in track with budget. Maybe be more considerate of others. Take better care of myself. Spend less money. Do a better job taking care of my family. Drink less coffee. Go with the flow, I guess. Probably try to be a, a better Christian. So every year I usually resolve to make some, but then I don't. Well, I'm so old, I don't make them anymore. I don't even know where the concept came from for making resolutions. This seems kind of pointless. Can't break them if you don't make them. I think it's a new beginning. I think a lot of it helps us to look at centering ourselves again. If you want to change something, you just change it whenever. I mean, putting a date on it, I don't know if that really helps it. Maybe the resolution just sets a direction. Usually New Year's resolutions are probably only thought up in probably about a week. That's about two months, you just kind of give up on them. I've just never, never really said any that really meant enough to me. I guess I didn't have the will to finish them. I think mostly it's like you just kind of forget and you have other things to do. It's just something that you know you're never going to achieve and so you say that as your New Year's resolution so you're not obligated to do it. I guess I really haven't had anything which is like important enough to me to or like actually stick to it. I think we just get bored easily. You stick to it for about two weeks and then life happens. How many of you made resolutions so far? All right, good. There's not nothing wrong with making them. The harder part is keeping them, amen? This morning, as we begin this new year, I want you to realize that you are one year closer to the day of your death or the day that the Lord returns. You're also that that, uh, I want you to understand that that day, when it comes, uh, whether you die or the Lord returns, you will stand before the Lord in judgment. According to 2 Corinthians 5.10, it says, For while we must, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged, we will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. And that day when He will either say, 
Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Or, and hopefully you won't hear, depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Definitely want to hear that first statement, don't we? Since we are one year closer to that day when our final destiny will be forever determined, I would like to encourage you to use this opportunity... And I want to take this opportunity to provoke you to thinking as to how you have used this past year and then to give you some ideas on how you might resolute toward the new year. And my goal is to encourage you to make use, better use of the time that you have left and to prepare us for that day of reckoning that awaits us. But let's first of all begin by looking at the past year. In three areas. Number one, has our relationship with God and Christ improved? If you'll turn in your Bibles to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. That's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, James. <clears throat> James chapter 4. Ooh, some of your Bible, Bible knowledge folks, you know that uh, James doesn't come after Leviticus. That's good. James chapter 4 and verse 8. In fact, somebody that has that, uh, would you stand up and read it very loud? James chapter 4 and verse 8. Just actually the first part of that verse. Right there. Come near to God or draw near to God and He will draw near to you. Now you've got to bear in mind that a close relationship depends on good communication. Ladies, if your husband says he loves you but never demonstrates that love, never tells you that he loves you, yeah, you kind of wonder, don't you? Same thing with you men. If your wives tell you they love you but they never show it or say it, boy, you just kind of wonder. If your boss says you are a great worker, why don't they tell you that you're a great worker? Usually they say, well, you got a job, don't you? Hush. Or like my dad used to say, I'd say, Dad, do you love us? Well, I put food in your belly, a roof over your head, and clothes on your back. Oh, get over that. I just want you to say, I love you. How hard is that? But see, we men have a hard time de de uh, developing and sharing those words, I love you. But we need to learn how to say, I love you. The greatest love that's ever shown is that he laid his life down for us. And we need to be ready to share that love with anybody and everybody that we come in contact with. But a close, uh, a close relationship depends on good communication. So I would ask you, have you been faithful in listening to God through His Word in the past year? Another year's gone by. You probably said last year, you know, I'm going to read the Bible more. Did you? Did you? Did you read it all the way through? If you didn't, and especially... If we never have, can we honestly say that we are taking our relationship with God seriously? If you don't read His Word, how can you really honestly say that you love Him? You care about Him? You've got to spend time here. You've got to spend time. You might say, well, preacher, I just don't read well. Fine. Get it on CD or tape and listen to it read to you. That's an option. You can, there's a number of Bible programs online 
that are free that you can listen to the Word of God being read to you. Whatever it takes, let's get in the Word of God. Secondly, have you been committed in talking to God through prayer? You see, if we're not studying and reading and listening to His Word, and if we're not spending time truly in prayer, can we say that we're committed to Him? Any effective communication requires a two-way street. Wives love to talk to their husbands, and husbands love to sit and listen and act disinterested. Ladies, you've learned, if you've been married more than two days, you learned that during the football season, while the football game is on the television, not to talk to your husband. Because chances are, he's not going to listen to you. You want him to have eye contact. Boy, I get that one a lot. Right. What that means is, turn the TV off and listen to me. And I need to do better at that. I'm trying to get better at that. Sometimes we just get distracted, but we need to stop being distracted. And that goes with our relationship with God. If you're going to have a fervent Bible study, then you should join also with fervent prayer. We have a prayer. We have one room here at the church dedicated just for prayer. I'm telling you, if you'll spend some time in there, you'll sense the presence of God. Get in that room. Spend some time in there this year. I would encourage you to come early on Sunday morning and and to spend some time in there. Maybe come uh, on Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening and just spend some time in that prayer room and, and, and talking with God. Has our degree of prayerfulness increased or decreased this year? A second area, your relationship with God and Christ, has that improved? Second, I would ask you, has our relationship with the brethren, the brothers and sisters, has that improved? Has our love for one another increased this year? Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, 1 Thessalonians. Right before Timothy, 1 Thessalonians 4. And we're going to look at verses 9 and 10. In fact, somebody, if you have that, stand up and read it for us. 1 Thessalonians 4, 9 and 10. He tells us that we ought to love each other. And not only that, but do it more. But how do we demonstrate that? Are we any closer to one another than we were a year ago at our church? I hear all the time people say, well, you know, I really don't know that person. Well, whose fault is that? Well, I understand it's my fault. I'm the pastor, and I should make sure that you two have an opportunity to get together to fellowship. I know that, and I'm doing better at trying to get you two together. But whose responsibility really is it for you to get to know that person? Oh, watch out now. You're taking responsibility. It's yours. Hmm. Have you been into some of the homes of our brothers and sisters here at the church? Have you invited them into your home? Do we even know who they are each year? Brings new members and new families into our church. Do you take the time to know who they are? Have you made that effort to even know them by name? 
Well, we need a pictorial directory, preacher. By the time we produce a pictorial directory, you don't know who they are anyway. Because most of them have left and some new ones have come. So what are you going to do? Third, has our relationship with those in the world improved in this past year? As people of God, we have an important responsibility toward those out there in the world. Matthew chapter 5. Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Matthew. Oh yeah, it's right after Haggai. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. Somebody stand and read that for us. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Well, we'll listen to your hoarseness. 13 through 16. Yes, ma'am. Okay, sing along with me. Ready? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, you got to have your light up. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Ready? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Ready? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Now, we teach that to our little guys in, in junior church and in we worship, right? But we forget it, don't we? We are to be a positive influence. Our verse says, you are the salt of the earth. We are to demonstrate a better way to live. Our text, our verse says, you are the light of the world. Why do we let the negatives of the world dictate how we should live? Let's be shining lights and show them how we're supposed to live. Amen? You bad. You can do it at work. You can do it in your home. You can do it in the shopping line at Walmart. You can do it at the grocery store. You can do it at the gas station, especially now that gas is down where it's supposed to be. Hallelujah. It takes $30 to fill your car up instead of $9,500. And there's somebody going to have to... Ooh, I don't even want to be those folks that have to stand before the great judge and justify how they took all that money. And enjoyed themselves. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Those that got the bailouts, the, C the uh, banks that got bailouts and gave the CEOs, all they did was give them bonuses for this year. They said, well, they're not getting bonuses in 09. Well, bless their heart. They got $900,000 bonus. I know they're going to struggle in 09 on 900000 Amen? Bless their heart. The, the, the uh, automakers, CEOs, said they would take $1 this year. But as soon as they got the bailout, they gave them a million-dollar bonus, I'm sure. So it would be easy to take a dollar this year if you got a million last year. Hello. Can, you think you could work on that yourself? I think you could handle it. Well, what happened? To, I want to go to my bank because I understand they were part of the bailout. They got, they got the first round of bailout money. I want to go in there and show them my, my latest bill on my credit card and say, Listen here, I want some of my money back. <laughs> I'm going to take care of this right here. 
because y'all y'all done squandered what we gave you. So I want some of mine back here. Can you take care of this for me? They'll throw me outside, won't they? Bless their little pointed heads. God love them out there. But how have we made progress? And have we made progress this year in developing meaningful relationships with people in the world? People, I, I hear all the time, they say, well, Christians shouldn't associate with non-Christians. Wrong. Wrong. How are you going to lead them to Christ if you don't associate with them? we got to quit huddling up with ourselves and start huddling up with some out there in the world. Now, I'm not saying act like them. I'm not saying do what they do. I'm just saying associate with them. You don't have to be like them to be out there with them. True. If a person drinks a beer and I'm sitting there at the table with them drinking my water, doesn't mean that I'm, a, that I'm going to hell because they're drinking their beer. I just want them to know that I love them and I care about them enough that I want to sit and talk to them and get to know them better. I know a preacher in Kentucky who decided that he wanted to understand the homosexual mindset and those that were involved in that lifestyle. So what he started doing is developing a relationship with a couple of homosexual men. Not a relationship like you might think, but a relationship where he began to understand what drove them. He asked them questions about how do they see the church and how do they view the church. And he began to, uh, began to understand their frustrations and he began to understand better how the church should minister to people who are like that. Because you see, Jesus doesn't love the sin, but he loves the sinner. So we ought to spend some time with the world not act like them, not fall on our knees the way they are, but simply to lead them, be that light, be that salt to help them see a better way. How many of us have taken the time to, to do the southern hospitality thing instead of what we normally do in, as neighbors? We've got neighbors all around us, but we very rarely know who they are, where they work, or even their names. But we need to take time to know who they are. We need to spend some time with that. And the questions that I'm raising can really be summarized in this way. Another year has gone by, and have we made good use of the time the Lord's given us, or have we just simply wasted it? It's likely that all of us, to some degree, have not made good use of our past year. But I want to apply the words of Paul to help us launch forward. In Philippians chapter 3, in verses 13 and 14. you got Acts, Romans, and then you have Philippians. All right. Philippians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Somebody stand up and read that for us. So with that idea of pressing forward in mind, let me suggest three things that you can press forward to. You can't change what's behind you, but you can change what happens tomorrow. Amen? Because you've got today to get ready for it. So let me suggest three things. For the year ahead, number one, resolve to draw nearer to God. Would you resolve in your heart to draw nearer to God? Somebody, if you would, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. I would suggest that you have a daily reading program, a daily time with God. Somebody who has that verse, stand up and read it for us. Hebrews 4.12. 
And here's why we should have that daily time. Anybody have that one? Hebrews 4. Here we go. That's the Word of God. Now, on the back table, just to the left of John at a sound booth, also we have some gifts back there for you secret sisters. There's some sitting back there, so you need to stop by and see if your name is on some of those. But I've got three options for you to get involved in reading the Word of God. There's a little bitty one that looks like this. That will take you in 30 days through the New Testament. If you'll follow the instructions on that little, little card. I also have a 30-day challenge to read the whole Bible. Now, this would be a real undertaking right here. you got to be serious business. But, boy, listen, in 30 days, by February 1, you could say, eh, I'm done. I don't have to read the Bible anymore because I've read the whole thing, right? So I don't have to go to church anymore because what else is he going to say to me? I've read it all in 30 days right here. Okay, if you want to take that challenge, I would encourage you to do that. But if you want to be a little more methodical and just take a little bit a day at a time, I have this one for you. We've got a little bit of everything for you. Now, this one is really fun because you open it up and it takes you right on through. All right? And every day it tells you what to read. January. Now, you're going to have to backtrack three days and catch up because this is the fourth, right? So you can back up and catch up. So all you got to do is read through Genesis from chapter 1 through chapter 12 and you're right on target. And then it breaks it down every day what you read. And if you'll stay with this, put it in your Bible and open it up, set aside a time, and read this, spend 15 to 20 minutes every day, you will read the whole Bible in it by this time next year. Now, wouldn't that be fun? Actually, you'll get it by December 31st. You'll be way ahead. And then, once you've done this, then it's time for you to start preaching. Amen? Uh-huh. Okay. Boy, I'm getting takers all over the place here this morning. But those are back there. We'll have them there for the next uh, few weeks for you to pick up. And I uh, would encourage you to do that. If you've never done that, I would encourage you to... Uh, at least at least get started because any starting you do in the word of God is going to benefit you you might not finish Satan will derail you I guarantee you but if you'll set a course and you'll set a path God will bless you and I would encourage you to do that read that Old Testament this year I've given you some uh, uh, other scriptures to look at in your outline read the New Testament also again some more scriptures to take a look at to encourage you in that way Somebody, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 4 through 16. Not only should we have a daily reading program, but I think we should be more diligent in our prayer. Somebody read Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. And here's why. Anybody have that? We can approach the throne of grace with confidence, it says, through Christ. Hallelujah. So be diligent in that prayer. 
Let's be a thankful people. Perhaps we need to develop that lifestyle of Daniel who the reason they were able to get him in trouble with the king is because he was so consistent in his prayer. Three times a day he prayed to God. Hey, listen, we make room for the Muslims to do it with their little mats. Why don't they make room for you and me to pray? Because you and I don't demand it. So let's stand up and demand our time to pray. Pray in the morning. Pray at noon. Pray at night. You pray. You spend time in prayer and let people know this is when I pray and this is why I pray and this is who I pray to. Why not? If the Muslims can do it, why can't we do it? Amen? Sure, let's do it. Why not? That's what's wrong with Christianity today is we're so quiet. We're so meek. We just sit back and turn the other cheek. Last time I looked, I've only got four. Quit turning it. Stand up. Be accountable to God because that's what Daniel did. Great example to follow. Resolve to draw nearer to God and Christ. Secondly, resolve to become closer to the brethren. Somebody, 3 John and verse 14. 3 John and verse 14. And we will speak face to face. We need to know each other by name. And we need to be able to call. How do you do that? Well, get a directory. Go through the directory. And every week, just kind of look through the directory, pick out a name you don't know, then find a face that goes with that name. And start introducing yourself. Well, I I don't want them to think I don't know who they are. That's okay. Just go up to them and say, Hey, I'm not sure who you are. My name is. And then tell them. They're going to be in the same boat you are. They don't know who you are either. So go up there and tell them. Maybe we should all have name tags that we hang around our neck. Hello, my name is... Yeah. Or, go up and introduce ourselves. All right. Each week, connect with a couple of names and faces and learn who they are. Somebody, 1 Peter 4 and verse 9. First Peter 4, 9. Without grumbling about it. <laughs> In other words, maybe have a different family or person in your home once a month. Once a month. Just open your home and invite someone to come to your home. Just once a month. At the end of the year, you'll have 12 different people that you didn't know really well that you'll know better now. Well, what do we say when we get them over there? You'll figure it out. I Trust me, you'll figure it out. And it doesn't have to be a fancy dinner. It can be just a cup of coffee. Hey, I want, I want to get to know you better. Would you come over to my house and have a cup of coffee? Or a Diet Coke. Or a Diet Pepsi. If that's what you drink. Alright. Are you with me so far? Just a simple visit to get better acquainted. Or how about visit a different person or a family each month. Maybe you seek out them and, and, and you guys begin to get together. And it might not always be convenient to have people in your home. But you can arrange a visit. Maybe after church, hey, can we go get a cup of coffee together? And just go spend a little time getting to know each other better. And if you're alone and, and you're single, take somebody with you. Find two people and take them with you so you're not out there by yourself. It's wonderful. Resolve to get to know God better. Resolve to get to know each other better. And then thirdly, resolve to get to know non-Christians better. Somebody, Galatians 6 and verse 10. Galatians 6 and verse 10. This year, resolve to have one neighbor or a co-worker in your home once a month. 
Get to know them. Reach out to them. Folks, we need each other. We Christians need each other. It doesn't matter that they go to this church. We want them to go to a church. We want them to be involved in the Lord's business. And we need to find that out about our neighbors. And we need to encourage them. Uh, I have a neighbor that works every Sunday. And he's been, he's visited our church on the Sundays that he's had off. He's visited and he's told me, man, I really like your church. He said, I just wish I didn't have to work every Sunday. And I said, man, on the ones that you can come, come. And he does. And I'm encouraged by that. I hope you are. But I would have never known that had he didn't know who I was. And he would have never come and tried it if, if I didn't invite him. You see what I'm saying? We need to spend some time with that. Visit that neighbor. Visit that coworker. And it doesn't have to be that fancy meal, a formal visit. It can just be out in the front yard. Invite them over to sit on the patio or on the porch. Build meaningful relationships. Opportunities can be created to share the gospel in those situations. Now these resolutions sound very simplistic. But if they're implemented, they are... They go a long way in producing the kind of lifestyle that is becoming of Christians. It increases closer relationships with God, with our brothers and sisters, and the lost. And it will become a blessing in our lives, and a blessing to this church, and a blessing to our community. To create a clear conscience as we sit next year at this time. Time is a precious commodity given to us by God. And James 4 says it's truly like a vapor. Your life is like a vapor. Here today and gone tomorrow. Ephesians 5, it says that we need to be careful to redeem the time that we have. Because the days are evil. Satan is alive and well. I want to share a poem as we get ready to close this morning. A new year, a new beginning. The old year ends, a new year begins with pages clean and new. And what is written on each page will now depend on you. You can't relive the year that's passed, erasing every wrong. For once a year or day is spent, it is forever gone. But don't give up in dark despair. If you have failed some test, seek God's forgiveness and resolve henceforth to do your best. Resolve each precious day to do things good and kind and pure. Though days and years may pass away, these things shall still endure. You know not where your path may lead, nor what's beyond the hill. But know that God walks at your side if you will do His will. All things are possible with God, though days be bright or dim. So do your best and know that you can leave the rest to Him. If you are a Christian, you should be a shining light and salt to this world. If you're not a Christian, or if you're a child of God and you've found yourself stumbling in your walk with God, then I would encourage you to take what I've shared with you and implement it in your life. And I close with this verse, 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. When we then, as workers together, with Him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For He says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Father, I ask You this morning to move among our folks here. God, I ask You to touch them in a real positive way. Father, I know there are folks in this room that struggle 
with relationships. They, they don't know certain folks and they're kind of to themselves and they haven't really let their Christianity shine because they're either embarrassed or don't want to say something wrong. God, you know, would you just reassure them that that's okay? And Father, would you lift that burden from their shoulders because Satan is the one that's putting it there. Because Lord, when you've called us, you've called us just simply to be salt and to be lights. And Father, when we're salt and we share salt with people, it's to savor where we are. So Lord, help us to make good decisions, to set good examples. Lord, help us to be shining lights in this old dark world. Help us, Father, to resolve to, uh, when there's a coarse joke going on, that we not participate. And we just kind of walk away. When we know there's a party that we've been invited to, that there's stuff going on at that party that we are, it violates our conscience, Father, would we just have the strength and, and just walk away? Father, if there's certain people that are around us that are toxic in our life, that that, that, have, that we've given some power to, God, would we have the resolve to just simply limit the contact we have with those people? But Father, we just need to try, and we need to start, and we need to lean on You. So, Father, I pray that our folks here will deepen their walk with You and resolve to get that better, resolve to know, know each other better, that we'll know a person that we see at church every week, but we don't even know what their name is. We'll take the opportunity and get to know who they are. And Father, that we'll resolve to be an impact in our world. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for impacting your world, which ultimately impacted us. May we pass that along. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have a decision to make, today's the day. Let's stand.